Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. friends and welcome in this is the athletic fantasy football podcast it's week 10 ranks i am chris welsh aka the welsh on twitter at is it the welsh lots of that that's pretty easy joined by brandon funston whose name equates straight to twitter so it's even easier brandon funston and i are going to be looking through some ranks looking through jake's ranks which you can get over at the athletic today Get a subscription, go to theathletic.com. If you want to go to Jake's Twitter, you can see his article, click through, and then bam, you can get your subscription and then just translate right over to the article so there's no more clicking. Get it today. A couple bucks will get you locked in with uh, just some of the best articles, sports reads you're going to have, plus the fantasy information like the waivers and the ranks are there for you every single week. You can download the Athletic app as well. Mr. Brandon Funson, how are you doing setting up for this double-digit of weeks now NFL uh, week. Yeah, it's a tough tough bye week, man. Three of your three of your heavy hitters. I mean, tough bye week for for quarterbacks. And I know we'll talk about that right right away, but you you take Tua and Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes off the board and even Matt Stafford when he's healthy and then suddenly, you know, it's been a rough year for quarterbacks, but um it's gotten really almost sort of like the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, the amount of rookie quarterbacks, I think there were six rookie quarterbacks that are going this week, which is like <laughs> absurd. It's not a bipocalypse, but it's like, uh, you know, it's, it. I don't know, it's like a category four by week <laughs> type of situation. Like I have one league where every single bench player I have to start because I had like Mahomes. I have the two Rams wide receivers, Puka and Cooper Cup. I actually had Tua as well as a super flex. It's a super flex league. So it's like every bench player was getting in the starting lineup. And I had to also make some tougher decisions because, you know, you can't cut the big dogs. And some of those guys that you're kind of sitting and trying to savor on for the maybe next couple of weeks, you just have to get performance out there. So it is, it's not as impactful as the true bipocalypse, but the magnitude of players definitely makes it more tricky. Like you were saying. Yeah, absolutely agree. A lot of good players off the board, the wide receivers. I mean, I think there's, other than Kansas City, there's two good ones on every team, you know, that's that's out. So there's six 
you know, top 24 receivers off the board this week. So yeah. And, and Rishi Rice would be one of those classic guys. You're like, Oh, Hey, I can start this week now that yeah. all these guys are off. And it's like, Nope, you can't. Cause he's not in there. So yeah. Ranks are a little bit more tricky. I think quarterback looks pretty ugly this week. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Brandon's ranks and some of the interesting ones we get out of Jake. So we're going to break that down. A couple news and notes just to throw out to you real quick. The Bengals situation is very interesting this week. I see a lot of people are on the over wanting to play the over. And I think you got to keep that in play because CJ Stroud, you know, CJ, I think CJ Stroud makes the over always in play. The Bengals are the ones that I worry about. And, you know, speaking of quarterback, I'm going to, we're not going into quarterbacks, but I'll just throw this out here. Jake has Joe Burrow at number two this week. And Hmm. what I'm leading up to is Jamar Chase was a super limited in practice on Thursday, which is not like, the worst thing in the world. Wednesdays are the pretty common day, so you can't read out of it. He was super limited and didn't start the practice, but T Higgins was not in practice this week or so far on Thursday. And that is a little bit more worrisome. If you were to be without T Higgins, I think Jamar Chase really changes it. But if if you're without Higgins, do you think top three for Burrow is a little too much? Maybe he's got to be in the lower bottom five, or do you think uh, we're not really worried about T Higgins enough to change it? Okay. Well, we can go through this exercise. Who do you put in to replace him? Cause I'm looking at mine and I, I, I get it. I almost like, I almost feel like CJ Stroud could be your number two guy, but are you going to put him on the road at Cincinnati um, as your number two guy? I guess Jared Goff against, the chargers i could see that those are those are two those are two i would throw out there i Uh, think i know justin herbert the way he's been looking and going and facing the detroit lions i i just not ready to do that on him dak prescott's played a lot better dak i could see it um what about lamar what about i know it's a tough tougher cleveland defense but i worry about cleveland's offense being able to like really really stay on the field do you think lamar is somebody that could rival burrow if he's down options Man, he's just been so so hit and miss lately. I mean, there's times when he's literally doing nothing in the passing game, and it's all rushing. Yeah. And against Cleveland, it's going to be his, one of his toughest, you know, toughest defenses he's faced. So, uh, I think you could make a case for a lot of guys. I, I I understand your concern. I think really it's it's semantics because it is you know you're playing you're playing Joe Burrow ultimately. Yeah, it is. A, it's a rank semantics of like, where do you put him at the end of the day, though? He sits in the top five. So for anybody out there, you're really just not making decisions. You're not yeah. unless I suppose you had Burrow and Goff, which is a possibility yeah. with the Burrow injury at the beginning of the year. But well, I also think we, I, I think we're seeing a lot of uh, player management right now when it comes to injuries and guys that are veterans, just not like purposely just not getting practices in because they're resting. like Aaron Jones had. 24 touches last week and we're like okay he's finally back from his hamstring injury and then he was limited in practice i don't know so much if that's a his hamstrings bothering him a little bit so they're they're limiting him or they're just like you know what we got through a game let's not let's not tax you out in practice this week and we'll get you to the next week and we'll make sure we get this all the way behind us i think these guys dealing with these nagging injuries and they're veterans and they know what they're doing like yeah either you're gonna sit out of practice or you're gonna be limited in practice even though you know, maybe somebody younger and not as experienced is getting that practice. 
does this do anything for Tyler Boyd for you if Higgins were to miss time? You know, because maybe it's not so much about Burrow, it's just more opportunity for a guy like Tyler Boyd. Do you think he could move up into maybe like a tiny bit more relevancy? Or, you know, we just Yeah, I, I think so because I mean he's been semi-serviceable anyways. He's getting you four for 40 kind of numbers. And if it, you know, I just mentioned there's six top 24 receivers off the board this week, at least in my in my rankings for the rest of the season. So that, that right there is a quarter of the, of the wide receiver one and two class gone. So yeah, does Tyler Boyd sneak in maybe to the, the back end of the top, you know, the wide receiver three group. If T Higgins is out. Absolutely. I five, five for 50, six for 60. I can see him doing something like that. Yeah. Jake has got Tyler Boyd at 38 as we're recording this, which probably isn't fully, baking in if Higgins were to miss time because then you start to look and you're like who would you rather have you want Jerry Judy against Buffalo or Tyler Boyd against Houston if Higgins is out like I am not rhetorical I'm asking you um yeah I think that would be really close I think uh I think they would be similar I I put more upside on Jerry Judy to make a bigger play but like in a full PPR I'd probably go Tyler Boyd because I feel better about the five to six catches if Higgins is gone you know yeah, exactly. Uh, the only other thing, a lot of the news that's floating around are um, questionable injury things that we kind of can't answer. Like James Conner, is he going to play? You know, he was designated to return. That's kind of looming out there. Some of the designated injury stuff has to do with Thursday night football, which we're not going to really uh, talk about in this one. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to throw out was the Justin Jefferson stuff uh, in the Vikings, by the way, TJ Hawkinson said he expects to play in week 10, which I think is really crucial, but we also got information that though we don't know the timeline, um, he was a player. I suppose that it was looming around that he could come back. Kevin O'Connell said it would be a little bit aggressive. Jefferson himself didn't give um, a date for return, but said that he 100% expects to be back with the team. Do you think buying on a Justin Jet like what does a buying on Justin Jefferson look like right now there's still the danger of missed time he is in the window would you be willing to pay like 90 cents on the dollar to go and acquire Justin Jefferson right now without Kirk Cousins um I ranked him aggressively in my rest of the season rankings which are up I put him at number 24 overall as if you were drafting today that's what you would do and yeah, the Kirk Cousins thing is a downgrade, but Justin Jefferson's a stud. And, uh, you know, uh, we saw Marquise Brown. First of all, Dobbs in Arizona, it was a worse context situation than it is in Minnesota. He's in a better yeah. team and a better offense, a better, um, you know, s- system to run with there. And so I just think that Dobbs is going to look better uh, in the system ultimately. So. Yeah, I think I would I would take him as a back end second rounder, early third rounder in a twelve team league right now. I'd be happy with with doing that. Would you trade Bijan and Zay Flowers to get Justin Jefferson right are now? Asking, are you asking for a friend? <laughs> no, no, I'm not, no. It sounded like I did. By the way, I'm looking at ranks. I was trying to find the right wide receiver to pair with Bijan. Well, first uh, is, of all, I I I would I think Bijan for Justin Jefferson alone is probably a fair a fair offer okay i think say flowers is too much of a sweetener okay so that's okay so that's kind of where i was going with this because i think there's just a lot of negativity that's floating around with um Bijan right now 
and you know doghouse from last week and just overall usage that i just don't know maybe it's the proper risk it's the talent of Bijan drafted where he was versus justin jefferson with dobbs at qb and questionable when he returns maybe that's enough of question marks to make that work i was just wondering how much like how much more would you add and why and flowers is too much yeah, I think so. I, I I think it is. And you'd have to even that trade out. Maybe there's a sweetener thrown in on the other side. Um, but one thing I'll say about Dobbs, I just, you know, you, you brought up Dobbs. I just looking at him this year. Like if if you took away the name and said this is what Justin Fields had done to this point this year, like that would be perfectly acceptable. Like you could look at that line and say, you know what, that's kind of like what Justin Fields would do. He's he is one of the, you know, probably number three in rushing value at quarterback. And he has a bunch of two touchdown pass games with a bunch of, you know, 200 to 250 yard games in there with some, you know, with some 100 yard kind of eh, wasn't a great day. But that's what that's kind of what you get with, from Justin Fields. So I Dobbs is like, you know, if he wasn't such a late round pick and getting tossed around for like sixth rounders back and forth between teams, like I think this guy needs a little respect here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, you know what? I think it's a perfect transition. Let's go look at quarterbacks. Let's talk about where Jake has him. I want to talk about Dobbs. Uh, the precursor to give you his number one quarterback of the week, Josh Allen. We talked about Burrow. Some other interesting top 10, Sam Howell makes the top 10. We talked a decent amount, Jake and I did, about Kyler Murray, that he would be 10. It's a really good matchup. You get Marquise Brown. I think he boosts back up. But let me just throw you, this is actually one for me, because I cited on in this league um, this week that I think Dobbs could be a sneaky QB1. I mean, look at the performance he had, which, by the way, over the last five weeks, his best fantasy performance came from the game last week where he did not know the playbook and they were literally feeding him right there. Um, I think Dobbs could be a sneaky QB one this week. He was the eighth highest scoring QB over the last 
five weeks. Saints defense over the last month has given up the fourth most passing touchdowns and given up the second most rushing yards to quarterbacks. And with with uh, Hawkinson in, it's a fairly good matchup because the Saints have given up almost 60 yards receiving and a full receiving touchdown to tight ends over the last month. So a lot of things that work in favor there. I know it's a tougher defense, but Dobbs, as you mentioned, has been very sneaky. I've got him right into that teen, high teens area. And maybe this this isn't really a pick on um Jake what do you mean by high thing. high teens? Like you're like, like, like I I'm I'm sorry, like like 14. I got him at 14. Like okay. I say high teens, that probably sounds like 19 or something. I've got in the low teens. I've got him close to a QB one. And this isn't really a pick on Jake's situation like we tend to do because Jake has Dobbs at 15. And I think that's pretty aggressive. That's higher than Derek Carr. And that's higher than a couple of the quarterbacks we're going to talk about here. Curious at your uh, your thoughts on Dobbs this weekend. Uh, I have him at number twelve. Oh, because look, okay. he's number you know what? Hold my beer. <laughs> you get him. Yeah, he's number ten on the season. I mean, that's how good his rushing numbers have been. And you look at four of his last six games, he's thrown for a for two touchdown passes. He's rushed for a touchdown in three straight games. So I'm saying he's he's putting up what we would have expected from Justin Fields and. Yeah, I mean, like he did all this for one of the very worst teams in the league that didn't have James Conner for many weeks and, um, you know, has a rookie in Michael Wilson as their number two receiver. And yeah, I mean, there's just not a great offense and he's was getting it done. And we saw him plugged in without even really knowing the playbook and putting up a great performance last week. So um, I, you know, I think I you got to kind of consider him as at least a, a bubble QB one. He's produced to that level right now, and he's in a better situation now than he was in Arizona. Who do you have higher this week, Dobbs or Purdy? I have Purdy higher. I think for me, I look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who a lot of people would automatically just move ahead of him, and he's had some just some very dud games. And now you're going to play San Francisco. And I, I know the you- Niners are coming out. I think that I've been very negative about them recently and I can be a homer. I think the Niners are going to be hyper defensively aggressive against Jacksonville and they are going to come out swinging. I think it, the pass rush is going to be through the roof here. And I think Trevor Lawrence could struggle in this game. I do too. And that's where I kind of like, Right now, I have Lawrence one spot ahead of Dobbs, but I'm like, gosh, if I had both of those guys, you know, I've done that uh, Sunday, like five minutes before game time. I'm just yeah, yeah. screw it. I'm going with my gut, you know, even though my rankings say otherwise. And I, I might make that late, you know, that late hour switch on, on something like that. I like that. Well, those weren't even the plan, guys, to talk about. Let's do, uh, do put a focus on where you and Jake are differing. And um, number one, I, I'm on this is you and I tend to be in a very same general space of this because I agree. I think this is another one of those guys that floats into a higher space. Will Levis, Will Levis going up again against a pretty susceptible Tampa Bay team. Who's given up a lot of fantasy points recently and just yards to quarterbacks. You've got him at 16 or 15 and Jake has him at 19. I made the change. I actually had him at 16, but I'm going to talk about two quarterbacks and one is Russell Wilson and one is Will Levis. And this is, I, I flip-flopped them because I think if I did have them both, I'm going to go with Willis because I absolutely love this matchup against Tampa Bay. They've been one of the very worst in fantasy at at limiting fantasy quarterback points. We saw Levis in his first start throw for four touchdowns. He throws a good deep ball. He's getting DeAndre Hopkins a lot more in play than Ryan Tannehill was. Um, I like him because 
Tennessee is going to try to game manage him. He's naturally a gunslinger by trade. He has a good arm. He throws the ball. He has this, you know, he stands it. Last week, he didn't have a great game as far as the fantasy numbers. But just watching that game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh, standing in against the pressure and making reasonably good throws, uh, he didn't get a he didn't get a touchdown pass, but he had 238 yards. And I was just generally impressed with the guy going into a tough environment and and giving their their team a chance to win. So ultimately, didn't get the game. But this should be a much easier matchup. And I just think where Ryan Tannehill just just loves to be the game manager. Will Levis is going to be able to play off of Derrick Henry and play action and make better throws, make bigger, bigger throws. I just think this is going to be a great game for him and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I agree. And Tampa Bay, by the way, I believe is giving up over the last month the least fantasy points to running backs overall. They've been stout in that area. Yeah. And you can out and it, it coincides, by the way, because the reason is because you can pass on them. And Will Levis likes to throw it deep. Yeah, I think one of the best cornerback wide receiver matchups this week is for DeAndre Hopkins. So it's putting us at a pretty good spot. I think Will Levis is a good super flex option. If you were just decimated, you know, I do think if if you're in a league, this is the hard part about starting a guy like Will Levis this weekend. You're in maybe a tiny bit deeper league and you got a quarterback buy issue. Dobbs is probably available and we would both go Dobbs over Levis, but Levis would be up there. Um, Levis would be one of those guys that I would consider. I also personally like Gardner Minshew, even though he's traveling New England's defense has just been garbage. Those are the guys I'm kind of staring at. Uh, one you will not be looking at is Russell Wilson. You have Russell Wilson at 16 where Jake put him as a top 12 starting quarterback this week, because Buffalo has also kind of been one of those like Tampa Bay, like defenses where you're like oh these guys are good right but then when you look under the hood it's like oh no you can pass against this team but russell wilson has just been kind of rough but they're coming off of a bye so where do you sit differently than jake from qb1 to not yeah i mean buffalo's lost their street cred as like this team that's going to you know represent the afc or, or be in 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 the picture i think a lot of people thought that coming into the year i think buffalo coming off the bye is kind of like what you talked about with san francisco i think especially being in a national spotlight game on Monday night at home. I just think they're going to be amped up for this game. And first of all, Russell Wilson, he's done well in the, in the touchdown pass department, but he has four straight games where he's been under 200 yards passing. I think the ceiling is low. It's touchdown dependent. And you mentioned that you can throw on Buffalo. You can also run on him. And I like the way Javante Williams has looked the last couple of weeks. I would not be surprised. And we saw Russell have like a 19, pass attempt kind of week I think his last time out I would not be surprised if Sean Payton tries to just really hammer away and keep the score low and use Javante Williams a lot and so then suddenly Russell Wilson's not reaching 200 passing yards again and you're relying on him to get at least two to three touchdown passes to save your bacon so if I'm choosing between Will Levis and Russell Wilson I'm going to choose I think the upside ceiling of will levis over russell wilson i had to make that switch while we were talking earlier i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do that in the rankings i'm putting levis at 15 and wilson you know, you know what i have the exact and this we don't see each other's ranks and stuff like that i have exactly what you just said i have will levis at 15 and russell wilson at 16 <laughs> i just pulled it up to look over here i'm just not in and there's a part of me that wants to go Minshew over russell wilson right now I, I yeah i don't have any problem with that at all yeah. The, in, fact, the, in fact, on my rankings, I have Minshew sitting at 17. So who knows? That's Minshew, what I do too. 
Yeah. You you might push me. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. One, two, three, go. We did it. All right. Russell Wilson's down. The only thing, the the bye week thing kind of gets me. This is a way to change it. I also have this little tiny inkling thing about Marvin Mims this week. Like they talked him up. They're going to try to give him the ball, but I just don't think that's going to help Russell Wilson in general, especially to go over these options. So it's a tough one at quarter quarterback rankings are a little bit. I'm with you on Mims, man. I'm chasing him in a bunch of leagues. I'm just like, it's he's it's it's got to happen at some point, right? They got and this has got to be the one. He also mentioned, and not we're not talking about wide receivers here, but they mentioned like they have to get the ball in his hands, and that tells me like, ooh, end rounds. Like maybe yeah. they could use him in a Debo role if they were that creative, which I don't think they are. But I think you're going to see like a screen pass or two to Marvin Mims. I'd love to see him go deep, and I think you're going to get a rush. I think he's going to get touches this week. And he's the type of guy that can make that team better, but you also might get a 50 yard in around by Marvin Mims and it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. And it doesn't really change him as far as his overall value goes. That takes us over to the running back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From a like a overall primer perspective, I think it is easy to state Christian McCaffrey and Brees Hall are one and two this week. Brees Hall has got an insanely good matchup against an absolutely garbage Las Vegas team. Christian McCaffrey equally is impressive. I think Jacksonville's giving up like the most receptions to running backs overall. Christian McCaffrey, those two should eat. If you're living in the world of these running backs, Jonathan Taylor comes in at four. There's a good one for you. Tony Pollard came in at six for Jake, which listen, Tony Pollard doesn't deserve to be top 10, but the matchup Mm -hmm. is what I think brings us a lot of, uh, brings a lot of us there. Just knowing this is the place to do it. There's someone that's absent though of the top 10, a couple others, Alvin Kamara makes it Saquon Barkley makes it. David Montgomery returns. He comes in at number 12. Didn't mention Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson and all of the chaos has moved down to 15 on Jake's ranks, but not yours. So in half PPR, you are kind of giving him the Tony Pollard treatment. And I understand it because like Tony Pollard does not deserve to be top 10 or top six. He's going against the Giants. The usage the Falcons have with Bijan Robinson doesn't really feel like he deserves to be there and how he's used it's against the Arizona Cardinals. And that is a very nice matchup. So talk to us about Bijan. You and Jake are opposite spectrums of Bijan right now. Yeah. And half PPR actually Bijan has the better matchup. And really it's like Jake's, you know, Jake's staking his claim to Pollard having like kind of like this turnaround game. I'm going to go with Bijan because I just think it hasn't been Bijan talking, but it's been the public squeaky wheel on Bijan and Arthur Smith constantly now defending his usage of Bijan and he alluded to the second half you know getting his players to the second half of the season like I feel in this matchup against Arizona and they do have a bye I believe the week after this I feel like this is a great opportunity for them to lean in more on Bijan it's also going to make Arthur Smith's life a lot easier if he does because it's now every question you know after the game is why isn't Bijan being used more why are you doing this you know why is Tyler Algier 
averaging 3.8 yards per carry. Bijan's averaging 5.1. And you're, you know, leaning into Algier. I mean, Bijan's on the field a lot more than Algier, but when Algier's out there, they use Algier and Bijan just stands around and he talks about him alluding to him. He does a lot of making other players good just by being out there. But I think I just feel this is a hunch that they're going to go ahead and give him some legitimate opportunities to have the ball in his hands this week. And I just love the matchup. Give him 12 to 15 touches, and I'm very fine with my ranking of him at number seven. And that's not really asking a whole lot. Uh, one I can point for myself, Jake Scott Ramondre Stevenson at 18. I think it, it's relatively deserved, but I do think like Ramondre, who I think was the third highest scoring running back last week against Indianapolis, this is another one of those where it could work in favor. Indianapolis giving up a decent amount of rushing attempts, 10th most over the last month. We've had on average over four yards per carry for Stevenson, though the carries have been down. But Indianapolis is giving up the fifth most receptions to running backs and 10th most receiving yards. Stevenson has received at least six targets in three of the last four games. they got to get the offense going, and I think it goes through Stevenson. So I'm higher than Jake is on. See, where are you at on Stevenson this week? Just quick, quickly uh, curious. Yeah, where do you have him? I have uh, Jake has him at tw- uh, 18. I have Stevenson at 15. I'm actually the lowest, and I have him at 20, and... um Look, I, I like the way he's looked lately. I'm just waiting for that 15 to 20 carry game. He's been living in that in the low teens, just barely getting into double figures in the carries. So, like, he's playing better. He's looking better. Um, but Belichick's just ha- – we haven't seen that fully lean into him kind of game. So maybe this will be that game. You, you mentioned that the Colts give up a lot of carries. That could be uh, what, what the case is this week. Uh, the one guy that we are pinpointing, and I'm so torn because I really want to love this player. The Bills do not want to love this player by giving him touches, so much so that they brought in another running back, and I think that's where the fear starts. But it's a decent matchup. James Cook, uh, this is where we are battling between mid-RB2 to just barely an RB2. You have James Cook at 17, while Jake has him at 22. So where's your optimism with James Cook? That James Cook's looked... his three of his four worst games have been in losses and in games where, um, you know, the, the passing game just becomes, it becomes a Josh Allen show. I don't think the way this game is going to play out and Denver has been better defensively than what we saw when they gave up 70 points to Miami, but it's still a defense that you want your players to go against. They've still given up a fair amount of fantasy points. And I just think sitting on a lead before this last week, James cook was good for 13, 14 carries, uh, if not more in games in which they're sitting on leads. And so it's been most of the games, but the, his real stinkers this year have been in losses. I just don't think Buffalo is going to lose again. I think Buffalo is going to come out Monday night and I think they're going to dominate this game. And I think James cook's going to be a part of that. I think he's going to have a big play, whether it's in the passing game or in the running game. I want it to be, I'm just not sold that it's going to be. And they, you know, with the Fournette and the Murray stuff out there, it just, it leads me to an uncomfortable spot, even though he's been a guy I've, I've wanted to bet on uh, the majority of the year going over to wide receiver ranks. Diggs leads the way for Jake as the number one up against Denver. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, some other standout ones. We've got Amonar St. Brown coming in at three. Brandon Ayuk coming in at six. I think the 49ers have a great matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, as far as the secondary goes, Adam Thielen is a popular top 10 guy now. And uh, Mike Evans makes the top 10 as well. Those are some of the standout ones. And speaking of Brandon Ayuk, 
this is the one that we can talk about because Jake has him at six. I think I have Ayuk at eight. Let me take a looky here. I have Ayuk at, yes, I have him at eight. You have him just as a wide receiver two this week. You've got him, or wide receiver one. You have him at 11. So as we've said before, we're arguing wide receiver one to wide receiver one. But when you're in the top 12, those type of discrepancies do mean a lot more. So what has got Brandon Ayuk down for you? Is it Debo's activation? Is it Jacksonville? Or is it the inability of San Francisco's offense over the last three weeks? It's a little bit of everything. They're at full, they're at full strength now. You know, we know Christian McCaffrey is going to dominate. You know, he's going to be the first and foremost. Here's my problem with Ayuk. I think he's a great player. Uh, there is a lot of mouths to feed. This offense has sputtered a little bit. But my problem with Ayuk to rank him at number six is to feel like, oh, he's got a good chance for a touchdown. He scored twice in game one. He hasn't scored since. He has one red zone target since. He had two red zone targets in week one. He's been targeted in the red zone just one time in, in all the rest of his games. He has as many red zone targets as Savan Ahmed. It's like they have so many people they turn to. And when, it get, and when they get close, you know, Purdy doesn't seem to want to look Ayuk's way. So, um, so I'm kind of just not factoring in very much of a, of a tough touchdown upside in this game because because uh, we've seen it like over the, his last seven games or six games, whatever it is, it's, you know, it's, it's not there. So I'm still ranking him as a guy who he's had three 100 yard games. I would not be surprised if he has a number one, another one here, but if he gets a hundred yards and he doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably wide receiver 11 instead of wide receiver six. Yeah, this is one of the oddities. I haven't understood. Purdy did such a bad job early on checking down and it all became about Ayuk. And then all of a sudden Ayuk just doesn't, like factor into the second half of games. He's like the early look and you, you're not seeing a lot of targets in the second half. And I don't know, it's a over, you know, over complicating the offense. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you want him to be able to check down to multiple receivers, but not getting what is probably your best receiver involved is kind of crazy. And that that's been the inefficiency of Purdy and hopefully a bye week does well. It is just a pretty great matchup. And I think the PFF cornerback ratings uh, tell the same story. The other one, no shocker. This is a complete agreement on my side with you. I would have pinpointed this one as well. This is going to the Colts game. And this is Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, you have at nine. Jake has at 14. I think Michael Pittman is a wide receiver one this week. I think I have him at 11. And yeah. if Josh Downs were active, I might be... I might move him down a little bit and move downs up more and he may still be active, but he's banged up and that has me worried a little bit. But again, this is pinpointing a really beat up Patriots team that has given up over 250 yards passing in four straight games. Gardner Minshew is going to get out there and the number one target, Michael Pittman has a great matchup. I couldn't agree with you more on this as a top 10 wide receiver, a top 11, uh, where Jake has him outside of wide receiver one territory. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Michael Pittman, the one thing I love about him is consistency. I was looking up players that had at least 13 wide receivers, at least 13 full PPR points, uh, you know, how many games. And Pittman was, I believe, tied with Stefan Diggs. Like he's, Either he, I think he's second among all wide receivers and, and at least just delivering something. And part of that is just like he's had eight or more catches in six of nine games. That's a that's a pretty high number. So you go up against the number seven most generous defense to wide receivers without Josh Downs being 100 percent. And 
we always hear, oh, Bill Belichick does a great job of, of scheming away their best player. Well, that's now probably Jonathan Taylor in his mind, not Michael Pittman. I think um, he can get a little bit of a pass from from that. So uh, this is the reason why you like Gardner Minshew this week. It's going to be Michael Pittman having a big day as well. So, um, yeah, I think he's I think he's a slam dunk wide receiver one this week. Yeah, Pittman over the last month, it has the sixth most points scored by wide receiver in half PPR and the ninth most per game. So he has been a wide receiver one consistently for the last month in a favorable matchup. So I think it's pretty easy to say wide receiver one. I agree with you. Where are we going when we're sleeping on some tight ends? Uh, You know, it's not a slam dunk matchup, but I think you gotta, you gotta follow Kate Otten. He had a couple touchdowns last week. I think he had 70 yards. He's getting, I think he's averaging seven targets over his last three weeks. No tight end has been on the field more than Kate Otten this year. He's a leader in snaps at the tight end position, averaging over 63 snaps per game. Uh, he's a good receiver. I saw him at the University of Washington. He's a good talent, and he just owns that tight end position. So, uh, you know, you can. I think you can get your 40 yards and your three to four catches that you just want when you're looking for a streamer at tight end just not to get a zero, and I think Kate Otten can continue to be that guy. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Kadon comes in at 18 on Jake's ranks, though. But I do believe that like 18 to like 11 to 18 is about the same general space of guys. Right. It yeah. just depends like what's your flavor. You know, he Jake has uh, Cal Pitts over Janu this week. And I know people are, can be a little bit indifferent about Janu, but it's like the top 10 is where things have solidified. Interesting. I do want to point out Taysom Hill comes in at number five at tight end for Jake this week. I don't even bring him up anymore. I think you have to have him in your lineup. He's, a, he's not a streamer guy anymore. He's just, he's there. But check out this top five of Jake's. Number one, Sam Laporta. Number two, Dalton Kincaid. Number three, Mark Andrews. Four, Hawkinson. And five, Taysom Hill. Now, obviously, <laughs> Kelsey is out this week, but I don't, I mean, we don't care about Higby. We don't care about, um, who is it? The the Dur- Durham's. Durham's yeah, we don't care about it. So it's like one of the main tight ends are and out Dallas there. Dallas Goddard is is done. Yeah, and he wasn't even in that top break in that top five. Like that's the realm of where tight end has gotten. Even adding in Trey McBride comes in at number nine. So you've definitely been able to do some damage with some later tight ends, but the market of like not having one of those bigger guys, it's kind of the same stuff. It's the Njoku's, it's the Musgraves, and it's the Ottens. Otten does belong in that. Make sure you follow Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Funston. You can follow me at Is It The Welsh. Go to theathletic.com and sign up today. You can download the app. You can sign up. You can get notifications when the apps are dropping and when these great articles are going. You can get Jake's waiver wire article, which comes in Tuesday night into Wednesday. And then the same thing for the ranks Wednesday into Thursday. It's delivered like right on time. Boom, midnight hits. You get those. Make sure you sign up today. Couple bucks get you set up. One of the best deals out there in all the land. So go to theathletic.com or you can go to Jake's Twitter, all in kid, click on the article and sign up today. That's going to do it. We got you guys prepped for week 10. Good luck for everybody. And we will talk to you next time right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Bye, friends.